You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. This is Archery Unfiltered, the show that cuts out all the nonsense and gets right to the core of what it takes to make you a better archer. Good evening, fuckos. Welcome back to another episode of Archery Unfiltered. Uh, I have a kind of like a special episode for you guys. Not really special at all, but maybe there's some learning stuff in here. So a lot of you guys know the Break the Barriers event went down uh, over the weekend, and I have a lot of friends that shot this event, a lot of archery unfiltered homies and you know listeners of the show. A lot of you guys went out there, you uh, repped archery unfiltered, or you know maybe you just listened to the show, you went, you shot, and you reported back to me, told me how everything went. Sounded pretty cool. Um, a lot of cool stuff did go down. Uh, Jesse Broadwater just came and fucking popped a squat and left a crater where uh <laughs> free ant used to be damn he shot amazingly good um some friends of mine uh randy long and uh doug rosen two expendables out of uh the wilderness camp um both won their class which is fucking amazing considering how hard the um competition was like this is a national event too like these guys legit won NFA national event, <laughs> having a national event under their belt now. I mean, not that they didn't already. They probably they probably did already, but goddamn. Doug Rosen got first in senior men's freestyle. Randy Long, silver senior men's freestyle first. Um, badass. Both of those guys. Uh, I'm always talking about the expendables in how good the Expendables are and how they're kind of like a force to be reckoned with in Northern California. And these guys are just proving the point. (laughs) They're just proving the point. Um, Other cool shout-outs. I just wanted to thank um, Alex Mueller, John Scar, uh, two supporters to the show. Those guys went down there. They shot their asses off. They placed very well. Um, I think both of those guys should be proud of themselves considering... Um, how difficult the Break the Barriers event actually is, where you're shooting, like, basically a 10 ring, <laughs> like an orange 10 ring. Um, oh, before I go on, I should tell you guys, both Randy Long and Doug Rosen both messaged me after the last episode where I talked about preparing for the Break the Barriers and to get ready for the short, um, the very super close, like, three-yarder that you would cut a yard, but Actually, you're adding yard. They both told me to let you guys know you're adding a yard when you're, you know, inside the the thing that reverses your your sight um, for cutting. Uh, so yeah, and then uh, two big shoutouts uh, to uh, the kids of my buddy Bill Compton from the Spot Archery. Uh, two young shooters out of the Spot, uh, Abby Hulk and Charles Compton. They both place first uh, in their divisions and. They place first as a team in their division. So, way to go, kids. Um, You guys are making 
the people at the Spot Archery in Fresno very proud. And uh, I just think that's awesome. I think that's awesome that you kids went out there and kicked some ass. And I say kids, but you guys are like, you guys are basically adults now. But basically, to me, if you're if you're under the age of thirty, you're a kid. <laughs> so anyway, um, I'm doing a special episode today. I'm cutting an early episode for a reason. Um, I'm going to interview some guys this week. I'm going to interview. I'm hoping to interview Doug Rosen tomorrow. Uh, that guy I just talked about that won the senior men's division freestyle. Um, I think he shoots a Matthews bow. He's he's kind of like myself. He's a little bit of a whore when it comes to bows. Um, but uh, yeah, I hope to interview Doug. And then the day after, I want to interview my buddy Alan and the infamous Brandon Williamson. Two guys that I think they placed second last year as a team. And they went and they shot this year. Um and what I'm going to say tonight, I don't want it to take away from my interviews with them. I don't want to take away, or I should say conversations. I don't, I don't have to hate to say interview, but I don't want it to take away from my conversations with them, okay? Um, so some of my friends shot this weekend, and they shot with a very well-known pro, all right? Um, I'm not going to say his name. As much as I wanted to, after hearing this story, I was like... I was pretty mad. Oh, like not mad, but I felt bad for my friends that had to shoot with this guy um, because they had a really bad experience. But after, and I was gonna just air air this guy's name and and just you know just say fuck it. Like I'm just gonna talk about what I think, you know, because that's this show is unfiltered. But um, I was talking to my my buddy Tom Parkinson, talked some sense into me, and he said, "Hey man, you know, like have a little class. You weren't there." Which is a very good point. I wasn't there. So he's like, so don't go butting into other people's shit. You know what I mean? He's like, that's their thing. You, the shooting group that he was with, that's their thing to handle. That's not yours. And part of me was like, I'm starting to build this platform, right? This archery unfiltered platform. And like, I want to use it to help you guys, to help everybody. And Tom told me, just keep using your like he talk about it in a way that you can help people but don't go out and try to use it like a club right this platform um and in my mind my the first thing i was thinking was like now nah, you know like because my friends were like eh, just let you know it sucked for us but whatever um and i was like oh i have this platform i can you know i'm not gonna by bad mouthing a shooter i'm not gonna Nothing's going to happen to this guy, right? Just more people are going to know that this individual is kind of a piece of shit, right? Um, but, you know, Tom made a very good point. He was like, dude, that's not what you're about. That's not what your show's about. Your show's about helping people, okay? And so I'm going to kind of do both. I'm not going to air this guy's name. I'm not going to talk about who he is, all right? But I'm going to tell you about what he did, how it affected these shooters and what you can do or first about why it's bad for him. Right. But also what you can do if you encounter something like this. Okay. So my friends were shooting with a gentleman. All right. Who's a guy that we all know, like not personally, but we've seen him on YouTube. All right. So he's that level of professional archer. And this guy was, calling arrows in 
that were very much out. Okay, and my friend sent me photos, and they were like, "Look at this! He's trying to call these shots in, and they were, god damn it, out! Like they were, like, really fucking out." Okay, and apparently this guy, there must have been at least, from what my friends told me, there's at least ten targets where this guy shot a shitty shot, and then proceeded to argue why those shots were in, and this became so crazy as to where he's like, "No, this arrow's on a cut line." My friends are like, there are there is no cut line. And he's like, well, no, you need to look at other targets that are similar to this that have a cut line. Or I think it was something where, like, on the back side of the core, there was a cut line around the ring. But on the side that they were shooting, there was no cut line. And he goes, well, you have to infer or imply the cut line from the other side onto this side. Which is, I mean, I don't know the rules, the specific rules. But as a shooter, that's bullshit. All right, I can just tell you right away, that's bullshit. You play it like it lies, all right? It's either touching a line or it's not. It's either in the orange or it isn't. If there's no fucking cut line, there's no fucking cut line, and that's it, okay? And I'm sorry, guys. I'm super, like, ah, man. I, I'm, like, I'm coming in hot, all right? And the reason why is because my friends are innocent. They're really innocent, really honest people. And they, I can tell when they got to shoot with this guy, they were excited, they were like, oh, yeah, how cool we get to shoot with a legend. And then they shoot with, or I mean, by legend, I just mean a pro, you know? We get to shoot with an actual pro. And they shoot with him, and this shit happens. And it, my friends are trying to say, like, no, these are out. And he's going to argue the point and try to muscle points out of them by by just arguing, right? Uh, and I feel like... This guy did this because he knows who he is. And he's like, I'm going to be able to get my way because these people know who I am. Because of my, you know, my stature or whatever, you know. I don't know if that's the right word. What's that? My reputation. And I mean, a little side... Let me, let me lighten the mood here with a joke, all right? You guys ever hear that um, that phrase, don't meet your heroes, all right? This happens a lot with archery because you realize pro archers are just people and for the most part <laughs> we're you know some of us are classy people and some of us like myself are classless people right don't meet your heroes good example chuck berry you guys remember chuck berry johnny be good i think is one of them uh yeah chuck berry the the electric guitarist he rocked he fucking rocked he bridged a race gap, right? Where, you know, even racist, you take the most racist white bastards were like, man, that guy can play the guitar, you know? Or, you know, not all Southern twangs are racist, but I'm trying to paint a picture. Chuck Berry loved prostitutes, all right? And not only did he love, I mean, hey, to each their own, but Chuck Berry loved to abuse prostitutes. He would he would defecate on prostitutes, okay? And this is now becoming, like, well-known. <laughs> it's taken, uh, what, 40 years? <laughs> but now it's, he did some pretty gross shit to prostitutes, and they didn't want it to happen, okay? So, don't meet your heroes. Um, and no one's going to listen to that. You know, if someone told me, hey, Chris Schaff wants to shoot with you, I'm going to be like, Fuck yeah! 
I get to meet Chris Schaff. <laughs> I get to shoot with Chris Schaff. Sweet. Um, but let's be realistic, okay? Like, there's the pros. Like, sometimes pros will put on a face for you. But let's be real. Pro archers are regular people. A percentage of them are egomaniacs. Probably some of them are narcissists, okay? This isn't all of them, all right? So if you're a pro archer out there and you happen to hear this and you're like, hey, you know, not me. It's like, okay, well, maybe not you, all right? But there's a lot of pro archers. And just like with there's a lot of McDonald's, there's a lot of shitty McDonald's also. The restaurant. Anyway, um, um, let's see. So how do I spin this? this horrible event into a teaching uh, a teaching thing for you guys. Uh, well, let's see. Let's just lay it out. What do you have here? You have a really good shooter, really good pro that you know, and effectively, he's trying to cheat, okay? And this gets... We're going to get into a realm of debate here because some people will be like, well, no, that's part of the game. And, and you know... He thinks his arrows are in. You should fight. And this is true. You should fight for your arrow if you think it's in. Some of these were god-awful out. Like, I'm saying a quarter or maybe an eighth of an inch from the cut line. Like, very clearly out. And I think we all remember. You guys remember the Levi Morgan, uh, you know, ASA or whatever it was, where he had like a triple X that was way the fuck out from the, you know, the ring and that they called it in and there's pictures of it all over the place. Maybe this guy comes from that realm, all right, in his defense. So maybe he's used to this. Maybe that's just what they do. I don't know, all right? We're from, like, as a Californian who doesn't shoot ASA, I'm not used to, and I can tell my friends weren't used to this either, this thing of, like, oh, well, I'm just going to call it in and hope no one challenges it, you know? And then when people challenge it, I'm going to argue with them. So there's that. That's going down, okay? Now let's pretend that's happening to you. And let's just pretend you're an amateur. You maybe you're a pro, right? But if you're like myself, you're a an unknown pro, right? Or we'll call ourselves a the filler pros. You know, the guys that aren't we're not at the top of the heap, right? We're trying to be, but we're working. Say that happens to you, all right? And you get like what's the word? Um big leagued, all right? By one of these ah, that's not what big league means. But this guy is trying to, or gal, is trying to muscle this point out of you. Um, that is the situation. If he gets that point, right, because the group unanimously says, I mean, ultimately you have to convince the whole shooting group, right, or everyone on your bail or what have you. If he can convince everyone that that arrow is in, technically it's not cheating, right? Well, what if, I, I would ask you, what if that arrow is the fuck out if it's out and he convinces everyone that it's in does that fall into the realm of cheating like or i mean say he just breaks everyone's willpower and they don't want to argue with him anymore they're like fuck shut this guy up all right so there's a situation you're gonna you're in this situation we're gonna say you're the amateur shooter all right and unnamed pro is doing this shit to you okay this is where it becomes a lesson, especially in archery. And this is something that people have wanted me to talk about. Um, is the mental game. The mental how to something like that can straight up fuck your mental game up for the whole weekend. 
the second you're not having fun anymore and the second you feel like that there's hostility or there's the potential for hostility everything is changed the flavor of the game is changed okay <clears throat> so this pro that's doing this this offense we'll call it all right he is not he's basically showing the exact opposite of mental toughness i've heard it called by a sports psychologist that the opposite of mental toughness is mental stupidity and I'll, I'll frame why, or I'll explain why. Okay, we play sports to have fun. This is something I wrote down earlier today. Like, this has been on my mind for days, because I've been wanting to really go nuts on this. But, you know, luckily my buddy Tom can speak logic, and he speaks it in a language that I agree with, <clears throat> so I can understand. So, <clears throat> what is mental stupidity, basically? Well, let's take a step back. We play sports to have fun, to challenge ourselves for competitive nature, and to find out what we're made of psychologically, physically, emotionally, and even spiritually for some people, right? If you, like, if you guys have all heard me talk, I talk in grand metaphors, right? And as much as I'm not a spiritual person, when it comes to archery, there is some amount of me that is. We have a problem where some pros' egos get so big because they're pros that they think they're uh, I wrote, they think they're hot stuff. <laughs> it's like no curse words in when I write. <laughs> they think they're above and beyond, right? They think they're, I don't know. You guys know what I'm talking about. I don't, I don't have to, it, I'm like so filled with like, I'm coming in so hot here that I can't, I can't uh, articulate. Some, some pros show tremendous disrespect to amateurs. What does disrespectful behavior teach people? Uh, so this is a, a legit question. What does it teach amateurs wanting to climb the ladder? Most importantly, what does it teach children? If you're a pro at this level, okay, what are you showing the guys beneath you in the amateur level, the guys that are supposed to be taking their lumps? You're showing them that this is a way, this is an aspect that this game is played. Some amateurs are going to go, oh, shit. I thought I just had to make it in, but now there's like this part where I can play lawyer and argue that my arrow's in. I didn't know. I better get good at that, right? There's also going to be kids, all right, that are going to see this. Maybe they're not, maybe they're in a shooting group. Maybe they're just watching from the sideline. And these kids are going to think, oh, well, that's how the game's played. Okay. I don't have to get it in. I don't have to hit the cut line. If I'm just savvy enough to make this whole scoring part of the game miserable for everybody so that they just cave, okay? And I'm not saying that my friends caved. I, I'm fairly certain that my friends did their best to stand their ground. I think this guy may have gotten a couple points out of them, which is why their weekend felt so sour. But I, I can't. I don't want to speak on their behalf. Like Tom said, it didn't happen to me. He also, this guy also proceeded to go on and on about when he missed shots, okay? And I think we all know shooters that do this. It's not, this is not um, just him that does this. This is, you know, I know plenty of amateurs that will just go on and on. Like the second they miss, they just got to 
you know, you're going to hear them talk about it, whether it be to themselves, to the whole group, to God, who knows what, but they'll just go on and on, right? Um, going off about how you missed a shot, making a big show about it, all you're really doing is showing how insecure you are, right? Because uh, you're trying to prove to everyone that that wasn't you. And I think um, with winning in mind has a, a good clip about this where people, when they're, people are coming off and telling you about how they missed, what they're saying is that wasn't me, right? I am different, but that result, that reality that just happened isn't, isn't me. So please don't pay attention. Don't let that define me. And so uh, when you have to try and prove how good of a shooter you are without putting an arrow, oh, so, yeah, what, what that is is you're trying to prove to everyone, I, I'm way better than this. When you're putting on this big show or when you're talking about, oh, I missed. You know, I I was aiming right here, but the arrow landed over there. I don't know why because, you know, you know it's, not, I'm not, it's not me. <laughs> um, let's see. I'm sorry, guys. I'm getting a little all over the place here. A good example of mental toughness in that situation is Mike Schlosser. If you guys can YouTube it, I think it's called Mike Schlosser's 30 Arrows, right? Or it might be his 60 Arrows. Where Schlosser is shooting an indoor event. He's shooting, you know, some world archery indoor style thing. And I think he shoots some kind of record. And you're watching all his shots. And there's one that he misses. He does a dip bang. And, you know, the second that arrow goes off, he knows. He pulls his binos up and he looks at it. He puts him down and you see him say fuck. <laughs> I don't I think World Archery missed it, right? Or maybe they just don't know how to <laughs> how to censor that. But you see him go, fuck. You know? And then what? Boom, right back to shooting. That was it. That's how much power he gave that missed arrow. He didn't walk off the line and go, oh, did you guys see that? I mean, I aimed right here and it went somewhere else. He's a fucking quality shooter. And that is mental toughness. Some would argue, I mean, like the with winning in mind guy would say that even saying fuck is giving it too much power. But I think we can all agree Mike Schlosser's next level, you know. That's how much he let it get to him. He said fuck and as quick as the K came out of his mouth. He was on to the next thing. Mental toughness. I think we can all look to Schlosser for something like that. And I know there's other pros out there too. I'm just going for what's what's easy, you know? So the people that do that show a lack of self-confidence. They're insecure. And ultimately they're showing a lack of leadership. The lack of leadership is because you want to lead by example. Um, and maybe, you know, that whole leading by example, I read this in a sports psychology thing. You want lead by example. I think that lead by example is to further reinforce your own behavior, right? Less so to influence others. And it's to keep you on this, keep you on this like sobriety wagon of not letting the negative thoughts get to you. And then I have here in my notes, the sport, <laughs> my notes are so scattered because <laughs> I was, you guys ever see that meme of uh, Kermit the Frog like typing like hella mad at a typewriter? That, that was like me as I was writing this on my phone. 
The sport is not about convincing people that your shitty shot is in. All right. And a, a good example for that is Jesse Broadwater, who fucking shot a bunch of shots in. Um, granted, you know, I wasn't there. I wasn't in Jesse's group. Maybe someone in Jesse's group can tell me. Did Jesse argue a bunch of shots that were out? Did he like argue to you guys that they were actually in? <laughs> that would be interesting. <clears throat> so, I've now bashed the character of this shooter quite a bit. Let's talk about the other side of the coin. What are the people that are stuck with this guy? How do you stick to your game when there's high potential for conflict? That high potential for con- conflict creates this like stress you know it creates this um like electricity in the air that now is like permeating your focus and concentration right well this is something that has been around in sports psychology for a long time this is a very this is a like a thing that is more common than not in sports and so sports psychologists have integrated this into like their mental game uh playbook right um, I was reading about a Bears, uh, a quarterback that played for the Bears, right? And the way he combated this was he would create a bu- a, he would visualize a bubble around himself, and he named the bubble Zero Dark Ten. If you guys Google Zero Dark Ten, you're gonna come up with a there's like a, a a trillion articles about this. This is like a well known thing. I didn't know about it until I tried to Google and read about you know, mental management stuff. <clears throat> so the zero dark 10 bubble, 10 was his number, the number on his jersey. And that bubble was like his protective sphere that inside that sphere, no negative and ener- like no negative thoughts or negative modes of thinking were allowed to come in, right? Only positive things and things he, he can use to help him achieve his goal. And inside this bubble was his focus area, right? Kind of like a workspace. Um, but in there, he was going to have hyper-focus, positivity, and good intel, right? Or we'll just say intel for the sake of this. The thing that wasn't there was negativity, right? I.e., that electricity, that, that, um, that conflict, that potential for conflict, that would be outside the bubble, Right, pretty cool. All right, I think that is legitimate. I think you know you don't have to visualize a bubble, but you could visualize some kind of barrier, or you don't even have to visualize it if you're good at keeping that shit outside of your brain. Right? If you can't, then visualizing something can help you. You know, you can you can visualize that negativity to like keeping its distance like you got a restraining order on it or something you know it's hella crazy to think about a quarterback who for sure was going to get tackled right visualizing a bubble so he could keep his mental game strong right i mean in the face of getting tackled and talk shit to right so that's (laughs) that's one thing that's that's one aspect of dealing with this, right? Other things I read were saying it's important to remain emotionless. And this is where, okay, I'm good at the bubble. 
I can keep things out of the bubble. But what happens when stuff creeps into the bubble, right? Um, a good example is like during this whole thing, say you call this guy's arrow out and he wants to argue about it, right? Well, you have to come out of your bubble to be like, well, no, I'm sorry, actually that was out. Okay, so say you're you're outside your your protective bubble and you're telling the guy that's out. I'm sorry, All right? And now he wants to argue. Now it's on, right? He's like it's debate time. You have to remain calm and emotionless, and that's where I suck. I will. You guys know just by listening to this show, I will be the first guy to like raise my voice. I'll put my hand on your chest. I might even stick a finger in your shoulder. You know. And, or your collar and like push you back a little bit. <laughs> I, I'm <laughs> I'm for sure gonna get slapped someday, <laughs> probably by someone I know. But anyway, um, this is the part that I so, like have trouble with. Right, they remain emotionless. But the reason for re- remaining emotionless will be the motivation to do so, because the second. You get emotional, right? And your emotions start to take over this um, this scene, we'll call it. Your body is going to start to change like physiologically. <laughs> I think that's the right word. Adrenaline is going to spike up a little bit, you know. Cortisol, or cortis, cortisol levels, the stress hormones are going to kick up a little bit. There's also, what is it? I, I heard that cortisol is also not considered a stress hormone, but a... Um, go get it type hormone so things are going to happen to you physically that is going to change how you're going to be able to shoot which is why this is imperative that you remain calm all right if you've ever had a yelling match with somebody like a really crazy yelling match and then you walked away have you ever noticed that you were shaking afterwards well i doubt you're going to do that on the range but whatever little altercation you have is going to be some degree or some fraction of that instance, right? Or that, you know, that feeling. So you have to remain calm. Your shooting depends on it. You have to remain emotionless. You know, you can visualize yourself as like a lawyer or a, I mean, lawyers are such scumbags, but, (laughs) you know, a robot. Or you can visualize yourself as, like my whole thing, when I'm trying to like argue with someone and not take it that route is humor. Like I'll try to joke with somebody and be like, ha dude, you think that's in? What are you deaf, dumb and blind, man? You should go be playing pinball. You shouldn't be playing this shit. Um, that's the kind of stuff. Like I'll take it there first. Right. Um, to try and avoid the, the hostile, you know, the hostility. And usually that works out for me. But it's only because I got pretty decent insults that I can pepper onto somebody and then they'll stop just because they don't want it. <laughs> they don't want any more of that, right? So, um, you know, I would imagine even jovially insulting somebody probably changes your physio- physiology a little bit. So try to remain calm. If you can joke about it and not fuck with your shooting, do that. But try to diffuse the situation, all right? Instead of letting it get to a debate, that debate level. And for sure, the guy will probably try to take it to a debate level, all right? 
The reason why I say this is because this act of doing this, right, of calling arrows in that are out, to me, is cheating. And I'm just going to say it flat out. And I know a lot of people are going to be like, Wendell, come on, like, relax a little bit. No. That shit is cheating, okay? If you get a bunch of points that you did not earn, it's cheating, all right? And cheaters, so, you know, now that I've said, I've already said that a bunch, but... Okay, so you're at the point where you're trying to, you know, you don't want this to go to a debate, so you're going to you're gonna joke about it, you know? Ha-ha, <laughs> dude. <laughs> you're that retarded kid from the, the Pinball Wizard song, you know? You should be doing that. All right? And the guy, it, it bounces. It Maybe you take him down a notch, but now he's like, mm-mm, that is in. I shoot events like this all the time. That's in. <laughs> oh, but what cut line, man? There ain't no cut line there. What are you crazy? Are you gonna try to draw your own cut line? Are you for reals? And then the guy's gonna be like, "Well, no, you gotta imply the cut line." All right. So, <laughs> so cheaters, and this is out of um a mental management uh article that I was reading. Are skilled in cheaters are skilled in the art of distraction. They will talk about anything and everything to get you not to look at the truth. Don't fall for it. Focus on what's in front of you and ahead of you. So what's very interesting is this article is talking about cheaters will talk about, I, I think this article is about golf, right? But cheaters will talk about the past shots. What about this last shot? That was different. So this shot should mean this, right? Which is very funny because my friends were telling me the same thing. He would say, oh, well, this is out, but what about the last one? I mean, that was in, right? <clears throat> That is the hallmark sign of a cheater, okay? And it pains me because this pro is someone I admire. It's someone I looked up to, right? Um, and it's it just, you know, it breaks my heart. But you know what? At this point, I'm kind of used to it, at least with pros. <clears throat> um, so anyway, still, there's good pros out there, all right? Before I go shitting on pro shooters as a collective group which is like pro racism, right? There's good shoot there's good pros out there that I really like. Good example, Mark Rubio. Love that guy. That guy will take a few seconds to tell you what you need to do to get better archery. It's always going to be the same thing. He's going to be like, "Oh, go shoot your bow." Kevin Wilkie is another pro that I really like. That is top-notch. And I bet you Wilkie wouldn't do that shit of trying to call shit in. But granted, you know, I don't know. I wasn't there. So, uh, let's see what else I got. Oh, yeah. Focus on what's in front of you, not what's in the past. So, this guy might try to bring up, well, what about this this thing for, you know, this past shot? What about this other target? You just tell him, hey, we're looking at this one. All right? That's out. Yeah, big dumb son of a bitch. Right? And then, bam, on to the next target. In my notes here, I have... Now, this is straying away from the mental management stuff. But if you see bullshit, stand your ground. Okay? There will be pros that are going to try to muscle you because you're an amateur or maybe an unknown pro or whatever. Or maybe you, you know, you got baby nuts and you don't fucking stand up for yourself. There's no better time to grow nuts than the present. Okay? If you see shit that is unjust or not fair and you can correct it, 
I believe it's your duty as a member of the universe, right, to correct things and make things right. Granted, that's if it if it means you don't get punched in the face. So in my notes I have if you see bullshit, stand your ground. Okay? I don't care if it's Jesus himself calling his arrow in. If it's out, you tell that sandal-wearing hippie it's fucking out. And I'm sorry if I'm sounding like really upset, but that's just how I feel. <clears throat> it's crazy because in all my years of shooting, I maybe have only come across this once. All right? And I kind of thought afterwards like, well, I'll never have to deal with that again. You know, what's crazy is <laughs> one time Bridger Deaton in Vegas, Bridger Deaton called one of my arrows out and it was most definitely in. And I had to call a ref because I was like, I'm going to fight for that. But I didn't sit there and try to convince these other guys on the bail like that it's in. And I wasn't going to stall for time or try to make their shooting experience miserable to get what I wanted. So I went, went right to a referee. Had him check it, called it in. I stuck my tongue out at Bridger Deaton. Boom, on to the next, not on to the next end. That was it. That was all the attention either of us were giving it. So that's all I got for you guys. And I have questions for, for everyone, anyone that listens to this. One is if you're a pro shooter, what do you have to say about this kind of behavior? All right. Do you, would you stifle it? Would you be complicit in it? How far would you let it go? Right? Knowing that it's wrong. Um, basically, what would you do if if you were in that position? Uh, I think most people, at least most pros, would probably just tell them, nah. Try again. But I don't know most pros, you know? Everyone's different. <laughs> My other question is, what about if you're an amateur shooter? If you're an amateur, what would you do about that kind of thing if that happened to you? All right? And someone put you in that situation. Would you stifle it? Would you tuck tail? Would you let it happen? You know? Again, I'm not trying to make... You know, my advice of fighting it out to the bitter end, it could ruin your weekend. All right? But know that that person that's doing that has very little respect for themselves and has very little respect for the sport. And if they do have respect for themselves, they're some kind of narcissist, which, you know, there's going to be in this game. <laughs> I'm probably guilty of a little bit of that myself. Um, so, yeah, if you're an amateur shooter, how do you deal with that? I'm curious. Uh, if you guys hit me up, share your answers. Um, I'll read them out on the next episode uh, that I am not interviewing someone. Because, again, I didn't want this episode to taint the conversations with the guys that I want to talk to. You know what I mean? They deserve the spotlight. Not this other guy. Not this offender. Right? <clears throat> Damn. It just seems super... Dis to me, that whole story, it just seems super... Like the group shooting with this guy was disrespected. And maybe I'm taking it way too far. I just expected better from this guy. Um, you know, I'm 37 now. I can say in the, the late 80s and early 90s, my parents raised me to be a respectful individual. The first sport I got into is karate. And my karate teacher 
taught me to be respectful <laughs> to everybody. Everyone that's inside your sphere uh, deserves your respect. Right? Then, you know, until they don't, and then you roundhouse kick them. Don't forget, everyone, you're competing in a game. Yeah, some pros are going to argue, well, this is how I make my living. Well, I would argue you have endorsements. You have other things going for you that will support you. And if this is how you make your living, get fucking good at it and don't pull that shit. Put them in the middle like Broadwater does, you know? So, you know, easy for me to talk. One, I'm not there. Two, I'm like, at this point, I'm just a couch archer, you know, or a sofa archer. But it just sucks to see my friends go through a rough experience like that. I I, uh, I feel for them. And, um, yeah, I just hope it doesn't happen to people. And if it does, I hope they've heard this and they can keep it from affecting their shooting. Um, and people have told me they want, they want me to talk more about the mental aspect of archery, and this is definitely a piece of that. And I'll get into more, you know, I have, if I could show you guys the, the books I have on <laughs> the mental side of sports, it's pretty damn mental. So, uh, you know, hopefully this didn't bring anyone down and, you know, maybe you guys got some chuckles from it, but, uh, weird, very weird. I can tell, okay, I'm going to try to not talk about names. I'm not going to throw names around here. <laughs> Once, I went to dinner with a pro archer who's also very well known. I was just invited to tag along with some other pro archers that were actually tight with this guy. <laughs> so I was just more of like a satellite character that just happened to be at the dinner table. <laughs> this well-known archer proceeded to tell drinking stories that were god-awful terrible for, I'm going to say, an hour. And most people were like, oh, man, that's so funny. You're funny. This is great. Uh, but as someone who, like, respects, or not respects, admires comedy, I thought these stories fucking sucked. <laughs> and at that moment, psh, uh, that hero died for me. <laughs> Maybe I'm just, I don't know. Maybe I'm just a, a negative bastard in my own uh, respect. <laughs> But yeah, don't meet your don't meet your heroes, people. And if anyone out there um, puts me on that pedestal, I promise you, I will ruin it. I will ruin it within the first ten minutes of meeting me. <laughs> you'll have that same, you'll have the exact same experience or the same feeling I did sitting there listening to the dumbest drinking stories ever. So, anyway, guys, uh, that was my spiel. Uh, I'm gonna let this go now. Like meditating, I could get this out of my system. Hopefully, I've turned this into a learning thing for you guys. So that it's not just me, um, what off gassing <laughs> to you guys, uh, uh, but yeah, this stuff happens. All right, it's it's bizarre, it's real, and it happens. So, you know, there's some tips there from other sports. What's great is a lot of mental management shit crosses over into various sports. Golf seems like share a lot with archery when it comes to mental management. Um, they even have their own form of target panic in golf. So, uh, pretty neat stuff. Thank you guys for listening. All right. This show brought to you as always by my homies, Darren and Bet, DB Custom Coatings out of Napa. They Cerakote bows. They just did a, a really sweet galaxy themed uh, PSE. 
I think it's on their Instagram. You guys should check it out. DB Custom Coatings. The other is Carbon Craft Stabilizers. Out of Impact Archery in Fresno. My man Brian Webb is making bars for people. Cool thing about ordering a Carbon Craft bar. You can spec your own bar length. Right? So you could say, hey, Mr. Webb, I want a 27 and 5 sixteenths stabilizer. And he'll cut it for you. Um, or you could say, you know, maybe a size they don't have, like 13-inch back bar. Ooh, where have I heard that one before? Um, I would be, <laughs> I would be jazzed for someone to ask Brian to make them a two-inch back bar. That would be sick. <laughs> I bet you the end caps have some length to them. So, <laughs> if anyone's got money to burn, four-inch back bar. I want to see it. Anyway, uh, you guys can order those Carbon Craft Stabilizers from Brian Webb himself, Impact Archery down in Fresno, or uh, Rudy Sandoval at West Coast Archery in Petaluma. All right, guys. That's the episode. Uh, from here out, we keep it positive. All right? Let's put the bubble up. Shield ourselves. All right? Peace. Peace.